Hey guys, this is Jesus, one of the following Patreon listeners. Evan Fettinger, Alexander Klaus, David W.F., Tim, Thran Duel, Jonah Levine, Matt Burr, David Fergman, Fairy's Tale, and Alice. Thanks for helping us learn the real story. Freeing Nia from the Shape God's control, the travelers finally learned the story of their final enemy. So do you honeys want me to wait for Tagos, or...? Right, we'll catch him up. And trust me, the last thing Tagos wants to hear is about what God's plan for us, so... <laughs> That'll just be another incredibly long and drawn-out conversation about the merits and the, the flaws of heroism in adventuring. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us what happened. The multiverse is uh, big. Some say infinite. An endless number of alternate universes, realities, and dimensions that are both like and unlike our own. In a cluster of these universes, one of the first intelligent races to pop up had a brilliant idea. They put their big old minds together and worked on a way to transport themselves across the universe with just the power of their minds. A sub-reality highway just underneath the regular one that touched every point in the universe. It would have brought their civilization to brand new heights. As you can guess, it didn't really work out that way. What happened exactly, no one knows for sure. But that universal highway turned into something much more powerful and much more dangerous. It became, for lack of a better term, a reality creator. Allowing the collective consciousness of an entire race to be made manifest. Their legends, myths, and fears becoming real. This sub-reality went by many names, but the most common one given to it was The Strange. Now a sub-reality where anything is possible sounds hunky-dory. You can pop in to see your favorite heroes of myth as real people for a bit, then go back home for some tea in the nice boring regular universe. But remember, The Strange manifests the best and worst of a civilization, and the worst sometimes went beyond their stories. Maybe it was a monster of legend who outgrew its epic tale, or a sentient from the regular universe who suddenly learned how to control the power of the strange. But eventually these beings, if they are clever, strong, or just lucky enough, become one of the most feared words ever uttered in those universes. A planet vor. A creature with an insatiable urge to consume worlds housing sentient races. Because of these creatures, those universes, unlike ours, barely contain worlds with intelligent life. Those few worlds left uneaten became little balls of sentience in a dark, empty ocean that could encompass an entire galaxy, if not clusters of galaxies. So what ultimately happened in those universes? That depends. In some of those universes, the sentience put their minds together and simply got rid of the strange, creating a big old off switch and making the strange poof out of existence. In others, they find a balance, keeping the strange but somehow destroying those planet vores or preventing them from destroying other worlds. But in a few of those universes, the planet vores win. They consume all intelligent life, and when they're done, they consume each other. 
Planet Vor killing Planet Vor until there is only one left. And when that last Planet Vor is done, it still has an overriding urge to consume. And its very nature forces it to consume the universe itself, feeding on the very laws of reality until the universe shatters, leaving the Planet Vor floating in the space between. Now the space between isn't empty. It's full of organizations designed to fight creatures like Planet Vores and hungry entities that make Planet Vores look like ants. Because of this, Planet Vores try their best to attach to a new universe and start eating all over again. If they're unlucky, they get found out and are wiped from existence. But if they're lucky, they attach themselves to a universe like a virus on a cell, making it impossible to dislodge them from the outside. Once attached, the Planet Vor tries to infect that universe with its version of the strange, a sub-reality completely in its control. It does this by infesting the minds of sentients and using the power of their... Mm, there is no word for it in your language. The closest definition is a mixture of imagination, belief, and identity. Anyway, it uses this and crafts creatures and concepts from their minds to infest other sentients. Each one expanding its power and um, spreading it. Slow at first, but getting significantly faster with each new mind. However, it doesn't immediately get its way. The various races and powers of this universe try to find ways to prevent the planet Vor from taking hold. The Shape Gods and their Titanothors are a good example. The Shape Gods' idea was to basically prevent it from infesting other people. And you see an image of the, there's a sudden image of a crack in reality and it's some sort of ancient civilization with these strange creatures, very tall, maybe 11 feet tall with like four arms strutting and screaming. And morale, you see as this, this crack opens and you see a giant eye with tentacles coming out. And you see the tentacles passing through people. And wherever it passes through the people, there's suddenly, uh, there's suddenly a blue light transforms into different creatures. And I'm going to say, you know, because you read all the books. All the books. You know, you recognize a few of the creatures that suddenly appear. The strange thing is, when you read a lot of books, it's your job to remove the fantasy from the reality. Because a lot of people have legends of, of course, this creature, it could fly. And you know, it, there's no way it could fly. Primitive civilizations come up with fantastic stories to explain natural phenomena. Exactly. But when these blue creatures appear, those fantastical uh, phenomenon that you know isn't real, but the creatures believe, are become real. So there are creatures that can't fly that are flying around on wings made of velvet. Things of that sort. And they, they see those creatures start... Uh, hitting other creatures, infesting them, and they become create fantastic creatures that also spread. And then there is a massive roar. As you see, a massive beast that looked kind of like, uh, what, Neok, but massive, uh, kaiju-size, grow. There's a scream, a battle, as this kaiju creates a blast that you see surrounds the world, and most mortals, most humans and other races, are wiped out. He cleans the world. He destroys the world so something else can grow in its place so the strange doesn't consume everything and destroy the universe. He burns, he burns the house down to save the town. That was the idea. I think they've done it four times now. However, in this era, your little party made sure that was no longer possible. You freed your brother, Cohen, but may have damned this universe as a result. Although, if I was going to be honest, their method would have failed eventually. If it wasn't this era, it would have been the next. 
They were just delaying the inevitable. And now it all depends on you four to figure out how to really stop this creature. People like me would hate to see this world go, and would help you more openly. But there are other entities who would love to see this universe burn. Because we are relatively balanced, we keep each other in check. Which means it's dependent on people like you to tip the balance. People without the constraints of otherworldly power keeping them trapped. Regular people who simply fight to see one more day. So how do we kick it out? I have no idea. But I have, a, I have faith in all of them. Because I officially cannot interfere, no matter, no matter how much I want to. And Morello, you hear a voice in your head. They fight amongst themselves. I will consume and they will continue to fight. No, no, no. Morale literally puts her hands over her ears again as if that's going to help anything. So Morale is standing there, eyes closed, hands over her ears, obviously having some kind of meltdown going, no, 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 And Morale, as you're doing that, there's a brief glance from Vanessa. And then she glances your way and then she glances back to the rest of you. Morale, you okay? I kneel down and grab your shoulder. Alright, I'll let you read that. Morale is reading a note, and the first instruction is don't let yourself react, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. He's like, Now, honeys, I can tell you this much. There is a path towards victory. I know where you need to go to go where the creature is, and to tell you where it is and where to go. I only need to tell you one word and a theme. And a theme. Talk to your friend Tagus about it. But I will tell you this much. I have just given you a boon. As soon as that boon, she looks, says, I'm none of you know, she glasses morale. As soon as that boon is constructed, I can't, I won't be able to interfere permanently. Some people don't like interference. Before that happens, I want to say it was good meeting all of you. Honey. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Speaking of boons, it's always tick for tack for you. Tit for tat, right? Mm-hmm. You did something to affect the world, they get to do something that you get to affect the world, right? Mm-hmm. They did something. They took us out of the battle. They put us in the mindscape. Mm-hmm. So you get to do something for us. I already did. I can't say, but I already did. And the people that died here, they just remained dead? (laughs) And you look outside. Well, there's a window. And you look out. And you see it starts to rain. In a cavern. We are all dead. <laughs> it keeps raining. But we drown. Yeah, yeah. The, the rain, the rain pellets go down, but as it nears the ground, it starts to slow and turn white, and it just hit the ground. I walk to the window and I just watch. You do see if uh, you see uh, from actually from your ankle, you do see what you recognize as Korn's team. All of them bald. Uh, the migars that uh, destroyed them had already moved on, and so you see bones and flesh start knitting together. 
Some things don't have to be complicated, honey. Sometimes miracles can occur, especially if you're nice. Thank you, <laughs> I say as I lower my head, just letting out a deep sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. Feeling much better now that we let the murderer go. <laughs> <laughs> and as the bones and sinew are reformed, do the people wake up? Yes. As they wake up in the distance, starting at one, and then a dozen, and then a cacophony. Matt. Oh my god, the birthday mole is the reset! Yes. Is everybody this is the same birthday? Yep. Yeah. Point for David. <laughs> yeah, get, get points. That was okay. and, and a point for, for Billy for convincing a god to uh, yeah, perform a miracle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll just, uh, yeah. Yep. And she puts a hand on your shoulder. Uh, Varric. Well, you gotta have more trust in yourself. There are some stubborn people out there. There are some stubborn gods out there. But you have it in you to convince them otherwise. To do the right thing. And she, you feel the energy entering your body. Okay, let me read this. Mm-hmm. My note was longer. <laughs> well, the second note is not as satisfying. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Especially since one wild left and it's really pretty small. Billy crumples it up and eats it. <laughs> yep. yep. So how does it look to everyone else? His dick grows. His dick grew ten sizes. <laughs> uh, as she uh, as she touches his shoulder, uh, Varric, uh, she touches his shoulder, then she reaches down towards his belt <laughs> and then unclips the mask that he sometimes wears. Mm-hmm. And it's not even, she doesn't actually take the mask, but it's like a spectral image of the mask in her hand. And she plants it on his face, and then it just absorbs into his skin. Nice, I like it. And he blinks a little bit, and then looks towards her confused, and she uh, smiles, taps him on the nose once, and walks away. Mm-hmm. After, the, of course, grabbing his butt. <laughs> well, yes. That's, that's what the most once, taps him on the ass several times. <laughs> the nose, the ass of the face. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And as. At the end of that conversation, switching to Tagos, what are you doing? Walking leisurely down the cavern, <laughs> cavern doorway, uh, cavern, excuse me, hallway, um, or the cavern, as it were, with Neok. Mm-hmm. Now that we've, you know, breached the cavern and it's a, it's a stroll, you know, over the occasional stalagmite, uh, just, you know, point out stuff he could slip on, careful of that, be careful of this. Don't go down this way. It's just bats. And he's just talking. So, Neok. Yeah. An exciting time of your life. Mm-hmm. It's pretty You're cool, f- actually. Well. I feel like I knew me. It's cool now. But what are you going to do with it? Honestly. I didn't notice it before, but it's like I always had a voice in the back of my mind that was subtly telling me who I was supposed to be. I mean, it it changed. Part of me liked it, part of me didn't realize I didn't like being told what to do. Now I don't know. And as he keeps walking over the shoulder, Takeouts is taking out his vorpal sword. And he gets closer. Straight ahead is going to be the exit. You can't imagine the things that you'll see. 
I'm glad I got to free you, Miyak. Thanks. You ever think about Welton, Miyak? Do you remember that? Do you remember the people? The children? Woke up. They had days ahead of them. They didn't know what their future held. And yet here you stand, so excited for this gift. Do you remember any of them? Neok stops. He doesn't turn around. And you see him thinking. I remember them as people now. And that's all he says. And the blade of the sonic sword touches lightly on his neck so he knows it's there. Cohen has experienced the transformation that was meant for you from killing all those people. Cohen is very, very dear to me. And he has had to bear the weight of the murders. And there are countless families out there now in New York. And they are dying for closure. Are you Cohen's big brother? Technically, he's my big brother. Then you don't want to defend him. He saved my life. I would do anything to save his. That's what family does. That's what you do for the people close to you. Good. I was hoping you'd say that. It makes this much easier. Hold out your hand. There is no hesitation as he holds out his hand. Learn to play something other than the piano. <laughs> and I chop off his hand. And I immediately tourniquet it. Yep. And he there is he doesn't even flinch as you take off his hand and just you put it on. Look. All of those families are going to need closure. I can offer you this. You have three days' journey. You want to go to a town south of here. It's full of pirates who fit right in. <laughs> Three days won't buy you enough time, but it will buy you a head start. I'm going to take this hand, and I'm going to turn it over to the people who are looking for your blood. Genetics will check out. You show your face anywhere, anywhere near Whaleton. Those families are everywhere. Some of them are extremely powerful. Change your face. Change your looks. Change your demeanor. Go underground. Figure out who you are. But there are 10,000 families out there that want you dead. 
If I find out that you decide that that's unfair of them, and you strike off, I'll kill Cohen, and I'll send you his face. Do I make myself perfectly clear, little brother Neok? And there is a pause as he looks deep into your eyes. And then you hear him say, Cohen's right. You are really cool. <laughs> Someone once asked me what it would cost for me to kill my friends. I think for one of them, I'm looking at it. Here. And I hand him a card. I do think there is a valuable way that you can utilize your skill set. What does he see when he looks at the card? It's an alleyway. There's a phrase on the back. Ask for a man named Tam when you go inside. You get one shot at this. All right. Thanks. Don't thank me. Thank me if you remember. And he turns and walks off. Sands one hand. I wave goodbye with him. <laughs> See you around, Neo. Stomp, stomp, stomp. Nice. Nice. And I walk off. All right. Amazing. Yep. And you guys head Oh, uh, yeah. You guys are... I'm going to do one thing. As you're leaving Glenessa's presence, uh, you do hear uh, Glenessa talk to uh, say to Merrick. Merrick, one second, honey. My yeah. favorite part of that is, by the way, when I said I was going to kill him, there was a roll of thunder in the real world. <laughs> oh, I just, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I just I tweeted that him. shit. Yeah. I was like, there was drama, nice. and yeah. So, sorry. Nice. That was the best part. Yeah. Varric uh, waves Cohen and Moral on, and he turns back and goes to Glenessa. I want you to always remember you always have a way with words, mainly because you're too stubborn to think otherwise. Then you can still change people. And she waves a hand. And you see an image of Mylesa, Mylesa, the former heart of this temple, the one who tried to kill Vanessa, headed herself in her own diabolical way. You see her with her nano powers, uh, using lightning on some creatures, some strange creatures with like tentacle faces, and they seem to be attacking her. And then the camera shifts, and you realize no, they're not attacking her; they're attacking a caravan, a caravan she's protecting. Give it ten years, and uh, she'll be ready. Beric just kind of nods his head for her being, uh, saying, yeah, he has a ways of hers. He really has none of them. <laughs> but he offers a smile, and uh, then he turns and tries to catch up to yeah, Moral. We do so. Uh, as he's running to catch up with them, they're heading towards, uh, is it the inn, or is it the weird hand shop? Code of yours? arms. <laughs> uh, Beric runs by, like, a, to- uh, a tipped-over, like, a marketplace table, mm-hmm. where they're shell- uh, selling things like, you know, just, like, leather mm-hmm. uh, bracelets, and he sees a hair clip that it's like a, there's a shell that uh, someone's like a, like in the, it's a sand shell mm-hmm. that's clipped to it. And he pauses, turns back towards it and reaches down and the camera doesn't show what he's doing, but he's adjusting and trying to make something work. And then he's going to try to catch up with them yep. after about five, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. All, right. all right. And I'm gonna, eventually you guys may all make it to the coat of arms. It, t- it takes probably some convincing to uh, to get Neok to not insist on a detour to the meat place, because <laughs> frankly, saving Cohen, the world... Yeah, uh, sorry, yeah, Cohen. Uh, or, or, oh my god, is you, it? you go. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That'd be amazing uh, if you were identical twins. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, he, he, he tries to insist because he's, that he's hungry after saving the world. Uh, but once he's convinced that literally the town is on lockdown, it is not open. You cannot go to the meat place now. Uh, he does, uh, go to wherever it is we end up. And as we're like passing people, I'm sure everybody's cheering. Oh, yeah. The dead is literally ra- uh, yeah. being risen. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you know, you know, yeah, you hear America's- a couple of praise. You hear a couple of praise, Glenesses, but you do hear as they see, he's like, "General, general, general." Oh, I will not get used to that. <laughs> and he just waves a little bit. Yep. Then he goes into the coat of arms and wait, he, wait, he waits for. Uh, great. So uh, we're going to wait for Tagos to catch him up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. Tagos wanders in. <laughs> wanders in, complaining, uh, and then he shuts the door. He's got a satchel with him. It's raining outside. Yeah, that just brought everybody back to life. Right? Gross. <laughs> all right. Is everyone all right, for the most part? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, we are also supposed to ask you about something called anatheum. And I'm sipping some whiskey and I go... <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? you're going to deny that one, too. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Because in tight. What's anatheum? Anatheum. Or anethium, if you're southern, <laughs> from, from southern Gladys. It's a place. It is a... <sighs> Why not? We're all going to die. I explained to him what Glenessa t- told mm-hmm. us about how it holds the answer about the strange, about an infection, about how the guards work, how if they don't stop it in time, and especially how Cohen was supposed to be the body's autoimmune system, scorched earth, but at least there's an earth still. I explain all this, and then finally I get back to, and she says the answer is an anatheum, or as you said, if you're Southern Gladys, anatheum. All right, so Cohen was the poison pill. That checks out. Yep. The anathium is, or the anathium is a place where all of the collected information of the assassins throughout the nine worlds has collected. We don't let anything go to waste. Every life we take, every house we ransack. So let me get this straight. There is another library we need to travel to. There's a library? Oh, don't get excited. <laughs> they, 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 it's a murder library. But no the, one. It's the knowledge of the people a... that were murdered. It's the knowledge of the people that were murdered. So it's a way to 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 keep them alive. Oh, wow. Yes. You know, it's also another way for an assassin to keep a person alive by not assassinating <laughs> them. But then they're not an assassin. Uh, I think we're running into uh, uh, semantics. Give, I want to give Billy a point for that. Was that was my cheating. Oh, yeah. Keep him alive by not assassinating. Oh, yeah, give, give somebody else. Somebody else gets one too. I'll give it to you, you David. You get oh, another one. Okay, okay. cool. Um, yeah, I think we actually need more. I think. We're oh, out. we'll no, just write him down for now. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah. we'll that's fine. Um, thank you. No one knows exactly what it is. No one has ever been to it and talked about it. It is in theory a library. In theory, it's built on the back of a monolithic creature that's wandering in between worlds. In theory, it's under one of the oceans. In theory, it is within you the entire time. No one knows, because the price to get there is so high. But how do you get there? Well, you can't go unless you have prestige. 
costs a lot of shins just to get tongues wagging. You need to pull off one of the greatest contracts anywhere just to have an idea. Luckily, and I dump out the hand of Neok, I just killed the murderer of Whaleton. He's fine. Calm down. Also, <laughs> I mean, Cohen kind of like perked up a little, but he actually, he didn't look like he was about to like, oh no, you killed my brother. I was like, oh. Also, no. now, I mean, you'd slap me a bunch. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, didn't even give him five minutes. So you give this to somebody and then they let you in? And then I can get people talking. I already have some information from the florist. Beneficial. He is a greenling, and he is currently wearing my face until the fall. So, we will also have an added distraction of me walking around, most likely being incompetent and not killing anyone. A greenling? Plant-based people. They. It's a long story. Anyways, um, florist, nice plant, but really loves their practical jokes. So right now he's wearing my face. Okay. I'm going to act like that's not the weirdest thing. Have you gotten the information from the floor shed? Or... Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. So you, you've, you've stopped off somewhere and grabbed mm-hmm. whatever you left you. Yep. Um, okay. So we have to... The fate of the world is on a secret order of assassins. Everything righteous in me is just hating this plan. The good news is no one knows where it is. And even if we told other assassins, other salespeople, they wouldn't believe us. I can't guarantee that it's going to be anything useful. Because I can't guarantee what it will even look like. But when it comes to a myth among the... (laughs) Among the, the people who are not even supposed to exist, such as ourselves, this is up there. If there is a way to kill a god, it's in there. Then where do we go to find this information? Where do we dump that? I point towards the hand. Not this oubliette. Something happened to it. (laughs) So we have to go to another oubliette. Yeah. Where's the closest one? Uh, you would know that the mess that package you got from the floors would tell you. Mm-hmm. It is, and I open up. Uh, I open up a small satchel, and there are small uh, green Venus flytraps that like bite at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrapped in paper. Oh no! Oh no! Gross. No, it's a, it's leathery. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah oh yeah. You there's a hair on it. <laughs> you don't want to hurt a plant while <laughs> making paper. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I open it up. And inside is a little greenling, mm-hmm. like you know, is a is used by someone, a creature like the florist, to send simple messages. Mm-hmm. It opens its mouth and begins speaking with his accent. It's a perfect mimic. Mm-hmm. Anathium is in Shamand. Ask Tan Vida. It is so good to have your face. It fits me. So well. And then the then the, uh, the creature immediately decomposes and, like, falls apart and dies. Yep. Screaming. He needs to get a hobby. <laughs> oh, oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> there was time! <laughs> yep. All right. 
Back to Charmond. It always ends in Charmond. I forget. We're popular there, right? Yeah, they love us. There. Yeah, they, they, the oh. queen and uh, the queen and us. The queen, son of a bitch. We're fine. And as you're talking about leaving, you see all the hands suddenly look in your direction, take us. You've offended them. <laughs> you love something, set it free. Yeah, they love. Release the hand! Yep. <laughs> Alright, we have to find a new person to take care of this uh, this store. What happened to the last guy? Right. <laughs> yeah. And as you're actually there, you see all the hands start looking at each other, and they start flapping their mouths, their, their hand mouths. Mm-hmm. But they're silent, but it's, you realize they're speaking with a clapping of their hands. Uh, Is it like Morse code? It's sort of like Morse code. And you see... Uh, you see there's a shuffle in the back. And you know that uh, that's one of the back rooms where the hands are constantly working on random stuff. Mm-hmm. It's when you... Jesus, they're screaming really loud out there. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Shut the fuck up, kids! With your joy in the rain, I missed that. Oh, that's not joy. They're killing each other. <laughs> I just want to throw out there, Morale has Decipher. She would she would know oh, what... Yeah, oh, yeah! She would know what this Morse code is. Oh, okay. I, I, I can roll for it if you want to... Well, you know what? I'm going to... Because it's near the end of the uh, you hear the clapping. He says, "Time for gift." Yes, time for gift. We have grown. Time for gift. You're getting another birthday present. If I hear one more of those moles, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> and you see from the back room, the hands are grasping almost like a it was like a holy object, mm-hmm. a long coat, a, is... a long uh, brown coat that you realize it's out of character. It looks like Gambit's coat from the X Men. Dope. In your direction. Uh, yeah, I was on the fence. Now <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, uh, as it sort of turns around, you see that there's a symbol, the coat of arm on its back. Aww. But all, around the sh- strange, around a little below the shoulder where the shoulder blades are, there's these two circular slots. Hmm. And they push in your direction. Yeah, I put it on. You put it on, and you see two of the hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll let you describe what the hands look like. But mm-hmm. two of the hands suddenly grasp you and flip themselves in the air, and then as they chat to the back. Hell yes. A literal coat of arms, <laughs> yeah. you brilliant uh, son of a bitch. I hope it was like a cloak in the hands, like are the ones that hold it uh, closed. No, no. Oh, man. No, he's got like hand wings. I yep. know, yep. I know, and it's really fucking scary yep. to me right now. That's amazing. Coat of arms, no matter where you go, you'll always have a pair of helping hands. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Nice. That's awesome. Can I get out of this town, please? <laughs> <laughs> what do I get? And it is slapped. <laughs> Fuck you. Yep. So, what do the hands look like, considering what assets they give you? Uh, they are both uh, they are both brawny arms. Um, uh, one is a uh, one is a woman's with uh, a kind of henna style tattoo of mm-hmm. like a wrapped serpent all the way up to the bicep, mm-hmm. uh, and on the bicep is uh, this uh, artistic this artistic impression of what the nine worlds would look like, like this like cycle of nine uh, figures. And then on the right side is a um, is a uh, large scaly hand uh, with uh, five fingers, but they end in um, in well manicured but talons, and it's wearing a lot of uh, gaudy rings. And it's uh, when it flexes, it has a small spine of feathers along the top of the forearm that goes up and down like a fish's spine. And Tegos just looks at it and says. All right, yeah, it's not the strangest thing I've ever worn. Yep. And as you hear the mouths, the Morse code again, uh, morale, you hear it translate, is like, 
The store will always be open for you when you return. We will take care of it. I think the store is in good hands. Oh, <laughs> yes! <laughs> you can have one. <laughs> Burn it all down. Pelly <laughs> is so fucking so done. Good. <laughs> this has reached peak weird for Eric. All right. Yep. Let's rest, collect our things, and be off. Okay. No more okay. talking to gods, no more talking to objects, no more talking to random parts mm-hmm. of bodies that are disembodied. Okay. So, one night of just relaxing yes. and getting your... Yes. Morale, there's a useful tech shop you might want to Yeah, uh, Morale's <laughs> like, I have to go. And she's going to scamper off. Cool. Uh, I'll be at the end if anybody needs me. Morale, you still staying there as well? Morale already scampered off. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Good talk. Good talk. And yeah, uh, so I guess closing scenes, everybody gets there like, what are they doing that night? Mm-hmm. What are they doing that day? Unless yeah. we have anything else to do. Yeah, everyone else except for Morale. Uh, what are you doing that night? Because I, we're going to be closing out soon. I actually, I have to wait for Morale. Oh, okay then. Uh, oh, I mean, Cohen is going to the meat place. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's, You're in he's, front of the door as they're like slowly fixing it. He's like, he's on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, yeah, what happened to the meat? Okay. Is, it, is the meat okay? Yep. Is yeah, the I, meat okay? Actually, we got a special. It's, it's like Magar, two ninety nine a pound. <laughs> you fools! <laughs> no, you see the, you you should. the door. The, the door does. Uh, the door does open, and you see uh, the Zai's uh, comes. Is like, yep. what are the heroes of the hour? Come in! Hell Come yeah. in! All you can eat tonight! <laughs> <laughs> I might not... Ah, I won't be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be destroying the world, but this place is going down in flames. <laughs> Come on, all you can meet buffet is totally something that... Guys, you know, listeners, please, please make like a, a, a picture of that. All you can meet buffet size uh-huh. magical meat. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. He's, he's celebrating having a liberator's brother. Okay. Tegos is sitting in the burned out ruins of the Oubliette. And the burned out ruins, as the camera pans around him, you know, it's dark colors, it's the shattered mirror that was behind the bar, the broken bottles. But as the as the mirror keeps turning, the room becomes crates barrels and throw cloths and then when it circles back onto his face he's sitting in a burnt out old storage area as the oubliette fades from memory from everyone and then he looks at some of the soot thinks for himself and draws the emblem of Glenessa kids tell me that you can't get involved anymore but do you have a minute to chat? There is a moment, and then suddenly sitting in another crate is Glenessa. You know I never wanted your help, right? Mm-hmm. They did. Gifts from gods. Interventions from the divine. It sounds so great in the stories. They told me that you can't do anything else. Some sort of agreement. But, uh... For what it's worth, I want to thank you. 
you taught them an important lesson. Sometimes things go great. Sometimes they don't. And sometimes you're up against forces that are bigger than they are. They're going to have to learn that the outcome of struggle is not binary. It's not win-loss. Cohen learned through those things that when someone takes something from you, it just makes you lighter. Morale learns that I'm glad she's using the bow and arrow now, but she learned that there are different ways to deal with those powers above her. That'll be useful coming up. I can feel it. Rick is becoming, has become his own man. And your kindness has stopped him from swerving into the path of a man who will simply live in the anger of losing his brother. He's going to need examples of divine charity, of a kindly old woman. He's going to need that fresh in his heart when he finds out if anything happened to his brother. And I know it did. We all know. So, that's it. One of the Smiling Jackals is thanking a god for being kind. This will be the only time if you tell anyone I will deny all of it. I would rather die. You know what, honey? That's fair. Well, I do have one question. Oh, I can answer as many questions as I want. Uh, what, there's nothing stopping me. What did you learn? That I am... terrified of realizing I am too old in this life to realize how broken I am. And the things that can make me whole arrive too late. And I'm good at being broken. And I'm... And I realize that maybe those things about me helped protect the three of them. And you see Glenessa smirk and then disappear. That was weird. <laughs> Gods. Just mm, disappear. Use a door! <laughs> Morale, you, you, uh, you arrive in front of Doran's house. Uh, Doran's, Doran's delightful detritus. Yep. Tell him some you're not going to uh, do you slam through? Just walk through. Yeah, Morale just walks in. Okay. All right. Morale has no time. All right. Yep. All right. I'll be with you in one second. One and second. Morale is in the front room, uh, tossing through piles of junk, not acknowledging <laughs> Doran at all. Yeah, and then for the first minute, Doran's like, what are you doing? Stop it. Hey, I. Hey, are you putting those, uh, what, uh, do you need help? It, no. I need to be left alone. Okay, sure. Not a, not a problem. I'll just. Okay. All right. I'll just. Uh, I'll uh, lock up behind you. There's fruit in the fridge. Uh, see you later. I'm just going to be in my house re- rebuilding uh, Boris. If you want to help with that, it's great. But you do your own projects. It's fine. All right then. She just walks out, and the entire night she's morale is gone. Are you to sleep, or do you try to find her, or what? I'm, I'm waiting for her, but okay. I'll take a nap. Like okay. We have the same room, so okay. it's not like I'm... 
She can't sneak in. No, yeah, exactly. So I'm just, but that I, I just can't do the scene without. Okay, all. that's the then, only thing. I don't mean to ruin. No, it. no, it's so fine. I just fine. can't do it. And then, uh, uh, Varric, you feel the morning light upon your face, and that's when the door opens and you see. Yeah, so it is a spindly humanoid robot uh, that's about uh, six feet tall, so it, it towers over Moral a little bit, but not un- inhumanly sized. And uh, th- that is what opens the door. And then... Yeah. <laughs> I am on my feet immediately in a, like a fighting pose. Yep. And then Moral peeks out from behind its midsection. It's okay! I built it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I built it. Th- that doesn't leave me in a with a large amount of uh, that still leaves me with a large amount of trepidation. No, it shouldn't because this is going to protect us and let us let us let us visit uh, an anethium. And if we have to to figure out this strange thing, no one will know. What is a meta- what is a metal man? Does a man live inside it? Is it armor? I no, go- it's a robot. It's a metal... So you mean a metal person? No, it's an autonomous metallic machine. Why do people use words, though, that they think I know? I'm a monk. I grew up in a mountain. This is... It's a machine. Okay. And, and it, it does... When I want it to. But it's also going to protect us. How so? I don't think I'm allowed to say. You can say because it's already built, so you're protected. Oh. No, Merle's still gonna stick with that. Okay. I don't think I'm allowed to say. It's a Glenessa thing. Uh, Varric rubs his face. He didn't get that much sleep and looks towards the metal man and then looks towards Merle, who is a little disheveled, more so than ever, because... Oh, yeah. yeah. She also, uh, I should note, um, she has her, her goggles on again. Uh, uh, they're they're perched up on top of her head, but she's obviously made heavy modifications to them. He looks at her, then he reaches out and tries to, like, some of your hair is, like, in your face, and he just says, hold on. And he reaches up and reaches into his back pocket and pulls out, it's like a butterfly clip. But instead of a butter, but instead of that shell that he had re- that originally was attached to it, he has it's a, a simple triangle, stone triangle, <laughs> and he places it in your hair to get your hair out of your face. Thank and he you. Smi- and he just kind of smiles slightly and says, "Like there, I think that's better." But thank you. He kind of nods his head and then slaps you on the shoulder and says, "We're leaving in about twenty minutes." So, meet us downstairs. Get yourself cleaned up, and uh, don't take that off. That's f- that's for luck. It's uh, apparently th- keeps things safe. Luck. We don't need luck anymore. We have dash. I'll see you downstairs, Morale. He says as he closes the door and throws his pack over his shoulder. Morale, you now have the triangle charm. You have a permanent plus one bonus to intelligence. Cool. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. Yep. Because you said this thing is like protection. I was like, fuck, we need a god to <laughs> help us. So I was going to yep. give that tomorrow. Although when you were attacking yep. it for a brief second, you swear you heard a, are, no, no, stop it. No, hey, hey, hey. I don't do hair. I don't do hair. <laughs> nice. Not again. <laughs> what? Nice. All right. So I'm sorry. Is that a plus one to my intellect I'm pool? I'm sorry. Intellect, intellect pool is what I meant. Oh. Actually, for a scene like that, fuck it. 
Plus once you're into like edge. There we go. Ooh. Yeah, that's that because yeah, that was a that was a nice moment. Thank God I didn't grab the square. It just makes you have diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> and when it comes out as cubes, it's just worse. Uh, uh, anyway. Alright, so that's the end for this particular session. Alright. Right. Yep. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. So the door's <laughs> kicked open and suddenly Neox there is like, round three! <laughs> He's got a robot hand this time. So does everyone want to read their cards for the listeners, please? Yes, yeah, sir. Um, uh, mine is uh, the Glen. What I got was Glenessa's Blessing. Somehow you are better at understanding what people and creatures want and need. You have an asset on all social interactions. When you use effort on any action involving social interactions, even those having to do with calming animals, communicating with someone or something whose language you do not know, and you gain a free level of effort on the task. It is an action. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nice. Uh, I've got... Uh, sorry. I uh, got from uh, from my big bro, or my little bro, rather. Uh, bestial Legacy. Although no longer the monster you once were, a small piece of it still echoes inside you. Hence the sharpening and fangs and all that stuff. Plus one might edge, plus two might, and plus two speed. Nice. Nice work. Yes. I like the I like the phrasing here, Jesus. This is great. Um, this is great writing. Uh, coat of arms, no matter where you go, you always have a pair of helping hands. Asset to all non-combat might rolls and perception. Nice. And the long one. I'm not going to read this all, but uh, basically when Jesus handed this to me, uh, Morale heard Glenessa's voice in her mind. And Glenessa uh, said basically that this entity that is haunting Morale can see and hear whatever I do, but it could not read my thoughts, despite what it would say. It thinks it owns you. Uh, and because of that, it's arrogant and won't notice what I was doing so long as I was careful. Hopefully, I was careful. Uh, so it was reminding me of the robot plan that I had many, many sessions ago. Yeah. I think it was multiple seasons ago at <laughs> yeah, this point. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and Glenessa basically gave me new blueprints for some tweaks. And uh, she said, build this as soon as possible. My friends were not allowed to help because there are eyes on my friends as well. Once it was built, the entity can no longer see what I am doing or manipulate me. Um, neither could anybody who wants to help me. Including but, Glenessa. But basically, uh, as she says, I now have the gift of being in control of my fate. Mm. So I now have a robot uh, that has three different modes, a combat mode, a stealth mode, and a helper mode. Takes an action to shift in between. Uh, when I have my goggles now, I have cyber senses, and I can see, hear, and speak through my robot up to one mile. Uh, those social uh, um, interactions are at an inability. I'll allow it. And as an asset to my intellect defense, I am now hidden from the powers. As long as the robot is functioning, morale and designated allies are impossible to see remotely by entities through psychic, technological, and temporal means. Cool. Sweet. Specifically powerful entities. Yeah. And I gave an example to give you an idea. Uh, yeah, a Numenera creature that could see everywhere across the planet or a powerful artifact that could see through time could not see morale and her allies. But someone looking at them in person or watching through a simple Numenera camera could. Neat. So it's not an invisibility cloak, mm. but it's pretty cool. Uh, I like it a lot. Yep. <coughs> and that's everything. Yeah. And now we go to the final phase of the long shot. I feel like that... That Numenera device, that robot, should allow us to have record an entire long shot session without Jesus and not tell him and just put it up on the website <laughs> as the most meta variation of what that thing can do. That would be amazing. 
<laughs> Just a totally different storyteller. Yep. <laughs> uh, nice. All right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And that's where we are. Yeah. Wow. Fits like a glove. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we didn't kill Neoc because that would have been a slog. <laughs> Still rolled a bunch of ones. Yeah. I will say, <laughs> like, you took him down pretty hard. He had seven hit points left. Yeah. That's one more hit. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so that was that was cool. I really like how it worked out. Them, yeah. Really like, I had been I had been hoping I got to give that speech about Welton, and I straight up didn't know if I was going to kill him till the very end. Yeah, and um, honestly, it could have been either way. Yeah. So oh, it's cool that that it's like oh cool you know it's a they have someone to hunt for Welton. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Also, I just like the idea of Tagos not killing him after. Yeah. It's like that moment. All right, cool. So, question to the listeners. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah, what is Glenessa's blessing to you? There we go. Anyway. And also send us your uh, send us your resume if you want to apply <laughs> for uh, the triangle position. Oh, I yeah, understand yeah. that that's vacant. Yeah, yeah, There's uh, also a subordinate position for lips. Uh, you don't need a full four years to two year degree. We'll okay. actually do for that right. on this on site training. <laughs> but uh, meticulous attention to detail is required. Yep, but the dental is fantastic. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> all right, then with that. We are out. Hey, everybody, this is Dave from Fandible. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to hear more, go on over to fandible.com and listen to any one of our many podcasts. I'm sure we've got some sort of genre that we've recorded that will absolutely tickle your fancy. If you're interested in following us on Twitter, we're at Fandible. Same thing with Facebook. And if you want to throw some shillings our way, then take a look at the Fandible Patreon. With the money, we keep this crazy train going by paying for equipment, going to conventions so we can meet you lovely, lovely people, and for paying Johnny Law off so they stay off our backs. Thank you very much for listening, and some something clever. Something clever. Nothing? No one wants to... I'm literally looking up four of my closest friends, and no one's... Thank you. <laughs>